WDBM East Lansing. You think the Pistons are playoff bound? This MSU team deserves to be in a BCS game. Coming up on tonight's Spartan Sports Trap, it's our Summer Sports Trap Summer Series. Fino and Cryer are at it again with MSU Media Day. This is the Spartan Sports Trap. That is right. It is the Spartan Sports Trap every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. with your usual host, me, myself, Alex Sharg. But tonight we continue our Summer Sports Trap Series with Dan Cryer and Anthony Serafino, also known as Fino. But yes, we will give you breaking in-depth coverage of MSU Media Day, and we'll also get into the breaking release of the Biogenesis scandal. So Fino and Cryer, let's go, guys. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Let me put these head headphones on here and say to, hello to everybody listening right now. Today's uh, the 5th of August, and it, 5th is, of August. it is time to talk some football. So my name is Dan Cryer. I'd like to just welcome everybody for tuning in here. We're going to have a great day, and I, but let me just say I'm so thrilled to be here for the second time with Anthony Serafino. Of so, Fino, say hi to everybody. I mean, hello, 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 East Lansing. I'm here on WWM East Lansing. This is Impact Sport and Sports Raff, Fino. Crier, of course, the number as you always know, it's five one seven four three two three eight nine three is the magic number. If you guys want to give us a call throughout the show, we'd love to hear from you. But first thing, Dan, is of course you just came back from MSU Media, you know, our That's MSU right. Football Media Day. Let's do it. And Let's there is get into a lot it. to talk about. There yes. are a lot of questions to talk about. Where our team is going, where the Big Ten is going, but more importantly, the expectations of this football team and our personnel more so. Exactly. And if there's, if there's one theme that was continual throughout the day at the media day over there at the Spartan Stadium, it was that we were close last year. The Michigan State team, close. Michigan State uh, coach D'Antonio, he, he, he reiterated over and over, it was, a, it was inches. We came up short by inches. So th- there's no question in his mind, this is not a rebuilding year. And last year wasn't a disaster. Mm-hmm. It, yep. it ended with a, a, a quality, a, a, a win over a quality team. Texas Christian was not a, a basement dwelling team. No way. They, they en- ended the a year in a positive. Years from the Rose Bowl. Exactly. Two, two consecutive 11 win seasons. And so so Coach D'Antonio really doesn't feel like they're, they're yes, there's a lot of new personnel, but they're, they are close to doing something big is what they feel. Absolutely. And I think that's a key, th- you know, it's a key thing. This season, Dan, and we, you know, we're going to discuss it today, and we're going to be discussing it throughout this season. Really, is what we need to look at and what we need to expect from our team. Yes, I agree that you know, last year it wasn't a rebuilding year, but I think it set the tone. You know, it's a game of inches, like Mark D'Antonio, our coach, said. But here's one thing that college football is about: it's about results. And when you don't get those results, you know, we can look and say, okay, well, they barely lost to Iowa in a double over, you know, double overtime. You know, they lost to Michigan in the last 10 seconds with that field goal that sent them over the top. You know, they didn't even score a touchdown. We did, and they beat us. But that's football. Nebraska, you know, they choked at the end. They didn't win it. These are games that MSU could have won. That's three wins right there that you take back. And, and let me tell you something. Teams that win know how to win. So yes, they're winners. I mean, they're winners, and and it, it happens in baseball a lot. Where you say, "Look at this. This team has forty-two comeback victories on the year. They won twenty games in the ninth inning." It's because teams that win know how to win at the end of games. And exactly. That was the problem last year. We didn't really. Yes, we had Le'Veon Bell, and he was a, just a bruising running back. But we did not have that that quick strike offense or the ability to make the plays when they mattered most. And that's the question going into this year: is can they can they do it when the money's on the table? And I think they can. And I would argue that then they can't. But we always say in life, it's not about how you start something. It's about how you finish something. So when I look at our schedule from last season, 2012 football season, great win against Boise State. You Then you had this middle of the crew when we got to the custard of that Big Ten schedule. Kind of faltered and disappointing, we can agree. Yeah. But as we end... We end with a comeback victory in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl against TCU, Texas Christian. That's a big win for this program. Right. And I was talking to Taiwan Jones today, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I said, what was the feeling after the bowl victory? And he said, let me back it up for a second. He goes, when we went into that Minnesota game, he goes, first off, it was cold. That's what he told me. But he said, we were a 5-6 and six football team, and everyone was doubting us. And the only people that believed in us w- was the people in the locker room. And we said, we are going to get this done today, and we're going we're gonna to pull it together for the bowl game, and we're going to get that done. And, and to their credit, 
They did it when they they came to it was a it was a thirteen zero deficit at halftime. They scored a touchdown, which we're going to talk about how they got that touchdown. Mm -hmm. Then they then Texas Christian made a a egregious error by fielding a punt on the four yard line. That's that's what you need. You need a break sometime. But Michigan State closed that game out. But that's what good teams do. And Dan Dan Conroy was money. He hit a forty seven, and that's what. Yep. How how funny the foreshadowing of Dan Conroy. Now let's go back to a couple years ago, Little Giants game. Mark D'Antonio even said before the or after the game. That he didn't even have the confidence for Conroy to step up, make this big kick, send it to overtime. Instead, they call the fake. They win the game. Yeah. Look at how it metastasizes over the years. And now we see it clearly. Dan Conroy stepping up. And he's, you know, unfortunately gone. But he steps up and Look, makes that big kick. It's a new era for the entire football team. Because even though, yes. Big I mean, really, the last year, I feel like the shadow of Kirk Cousins was there. I mean, we're coming off the, the two, you know, BCS. Are we so close? And then there was so much pressure on, on Andrew Maxwell. And, and there was so much pressure on the wide receiver. And, and it just seemed like they came up short. There were drops at key moments. There were penalties at key moments. And it, it, it just... The, the, it the, seems like they couldn't get the engine going in yeah. one motion. It was the head of bits, the head pieces. So I will go far and say, you know what? I know a lot of MSU fans, they'll come out for Fino's head and say no. But you know what I'm going to say? I think this season, the 2013 Michigan State Spartans, redemption. This is what it matters. When the bar is set high, the defense bar is set incredibly high. Get it done and win these key games and send us and put us to somewhere where it really matters because that's what needs to get, you know, that I don't care what the fans say, the naysayers, the Michigan fans, whatever. But when it comes down, this is our team and they can play well in this stadium. They can play well when the game is on the line with this defense. Regardless of the personnel, this team can perform but they need to be coached pr- properly, which you know Mark Coach D'Antonio will do. Yes. But more importantly, they need to execute. It's very easy for us to stand behind this of mic course. and say it, but they got to execute, and, Dan. And really gotta. what they need, and in, in execution and preparation and everything like that, they need a little bit of luck. They need that guy to field the punt on the four-yard line. They, they need a, a, a ball to bounce the right way because what that does then, that gets the confidence going, and then they start to believe in themselves in those close games because I'm, I'm, I'm not inside their heads, obviously, but you know that when at the end of the season when they said, oh, here we go again, and that's exactly. something that in sports, that as a sport, fan I've felt many a time oh. watching my team and uh, you would think the players feel the same thing the fans felt the same thing so really it, it was redemption you, you mentioned that word to win that bowl game because can you imagine just the how horrible they would have felt by saying losing that game just to be six so and seven yes, season if it was 16 14 and they lost and they lost there it, would be so many questions so going on to this stopping it, right it's unbelievable <laughs> But you know what? You mentioned about the bounces, the Knicks, the, the here we are. But the famous expression that I love, you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. And yeah. that's just football. you got to execute in between you know, the hash marks. Yeah. And you got to bounce it outside when you need to. Correct fundamentals. But essentially you got to be lucky as well. Yep, and you, you and you do well. and you make your own breaks. Okay, so you make your own let, breaks. Let's get into some of this so, stuff cuz I'm cuz I'm I'm chomping to get into this. So let's I know yeah. MSU fans mm-hmm. and I'm calling out everyone that's listening here on Sports Rap. I want to know what your take is cuz Dan and I certainly have ours is of course the number one position on the football field. I know people will disagree with that statement, but forget them for a second. The mm-hmm. number one position on the football field is the quarterback. Our quarterback this going into the season, this spring, this fall who is going to be our starter? Is it Maxwell? Is it Cook? I know we redshirted Damian Terry, but they're like, let's go Damian Terry. What is the scoop? Yes. What well, do you think? Well, for, for, first of all, before I get into that, who do you think is our starter, Dan? I mean, is it Maxwell? Is it Cook? Is it someone in the stands? I mean, honestly. Well, I know. I, I personally point. know because I know. And I'm, But before that, I'm going to invite anybody to call in right now. If you want to talk with us here at the Sports Wrap, I'm Dan Cryer. This is Anthony Serafino. The number to call is 517-432-3893. Come talk to us. Tell us what you think. Tell now, us listen, what you think. I was at the media day today. I was there. Now, it's, it's a QB battle between last year's starter – whose name is Andrew Maxwell, he's mm-hmm. going into his senior year, and Connor Cook. And this, I believe, would be his sophomore year. He's a red shirt. Yes. Yeah. So Andrew Maxwell was there today. So so that's the person they put there in public to, to make comments. So he is coming in at least right now. There are three practices in. He's now the starter. So it, it, D'Antonio knows that he's the senior. And what I think D'Antonio is thinking is what I was saying a moment ago. 
the the young man he needs some confidence. He does. He needs to see because let me go over some statistics, and I'm, we're okay. not going to pile on this guy because he, it was a tough it was a tough year. But I'm going to say one thing out of this top little stanza that I have. His longest pass completion of the season last year in 2012 was 48 yards, which is embarrassing. Well, it's 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 it shows you, and it makes me wonder. You know, I'm I'm not in the offensive it just isn't. It's I'm I'm just wondering. I'm because some some teams like Oregon might have a 50 yard completion every quarter. So it just it, it shows you we didn't really have the 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 pass game really we and, had nothing and and and, and receivers so, didn't really help him out though yeah, I it was it, it was tough like it was a bad look year so so the statistics are I'm just going to read what we have Andrew Maxwell fifty fifty two point five percent passing and and he started all thirteen games let's his QB rating is one hundred seven point one three which mm-hmm. could be better let's put it that way but he had an average of two hundred yards per game and so we know in today and in, in mainly the the world is a pass happy world two hundred two people can do two hundred yards a half but. But really, the big one, he had 13 t- touchdowns, nine interceptions. And when it came down to it in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. The, the Buffalo the, Wild Wings he, Bowl. He, he, had, he was 6 for 15 for 28 yards and no TDs. And he left D'Antonio no choice in the third quarter. And, and he went with Connor Cook, the redshirt freshman. And he came in and he got it done. It's incredible. You know, Dan, it's incredible. He gets it done. But, you know, we sit back and we analyze and reflect about the 2010 Season. I mean, if you're telling me going to that Boise State game that we're going to be playing in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. Oh, you're talking about the 2012 season? Yeah, 2012. Did I say 2013? But 2012 season. And we're about to play. If you're going to that Boise State game and you're like, okay, we're playing the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. And you're going to have a QB controversy all the way at the 13th game of the season. Are you kidding me? So I think this season, of course, yes, I mentioned it's about redemption, but more importantly, it's about stability and execution. And I agree. These and, guys got to execute, Dan. And just, they're just, not, just to it's debate. the same old story. And, and, and I'm not being a Pollyanna here. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not over-glossing this. But if you win a bowl game, you win a bowl game. So, a, so that is a huge thing. I mean, it really is a huge confidence booster going into this season. But really, what it came down to, and, and, and it's just like in any sport, a, a pitcher fills in one one day yeah. and he gets a victory. Well, let's try him again. So what it's going to happen is this season's going to start. Western Michigan is, I don't know if they're the most formidable foe out there. They're not. But, but it's going to give it a chance either way for, for D'Antonio to give Maxwell some work, bring Connor Cook in to get some work. And and they're going to be able to try it out because because Connor Cook's line was four for eleven for forty seven yards and one touchdown. But what he did on the final drive was he he had two completions and then Bell ran and there was an, a penalty that was a holding penalty. We watched the we yeah, watched the replay. We watched the tape. We that watched, was, it, we that watched was, it completely. It was a defensive holding, so it was a legitimate call. And then they ran Bell a couple times and Conroy knocked in the field goal. That's it. That's how they did it. So Connor that was Cook, their mo and Connor Cook got it done. There was and and they gave Maxwell one more shot after Cook. Uh, took him to a touchdown. They gave Maxwell one more shot. It didn't work. So this is probably, if Andrew Maxwell does not perform and Cook does, I'm pretty sure we're going to have our decision by the second or third game because it all is leading up. We're going to talk about the schedule to that Notre Dame See, game. See, that's so. the beauty now, Dan. This is why MSU, because you were mentioning, it's still a bowl, Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. It's still a bowl, yeah. but now the bar is almost, it's here. This is a Michigan State. The, sure. bar, the bar is here. It can't be down cellar dweller anymore. We need to really step it up. So you mentioned now the Big Ten is expanding. We're the Big Ten is expanding completely. Okay, so now you're gonna have these three trial games next year. It's not gonna be like this. Mm-hmm. You're, you're gonna go right into thicket like the SEC does, right into the midst of the forest, and really play it out. So they gotta they gotta know what they're going with, and that's why I would start Cook. I would really start Cook. I well, really would. And 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 we talked about this the other day. The three games are an audition. So let's just let, let, let me let me bring it up for everybody listening at home. Here's the 2013 schedule. We're going to only talk about the first four games because, frankly, that's all that matters now because the season has started. So the first game is on August 30th, which is a Friday night game. It's against Western Michigan. The first three games are home games. So and frankly, they're winnable home games. So Western Michigan, and then we got South Florida coming in on September 7th. South Florida was three and nine last year. And then we have Youngstown State, who's mm-hmm. a great team. There's history there because D'Antonio was Jim Tressel's assistant, yep. and Jim, Jim, Jim Tressel built a powerhouse there for Youngstown State. But <laughs> where does he not build the powerhouse? Exactly, and that's when. <laughs> but it, that leads everything leads up to September 21st at Notre Dame. Okay, hostile environment. Who is your starter? You gotta know because it's safe to say. Look, we're no, we're no experts. I'm no, you know, I'm no Schefter. I'm no Chris Carter. But listen, all I can say is this: 
three and zero coming out of those first three games. Anything beside three and zero is unacceptable. It, it it will be, and I I I really can't imagine that happening. To be right. honest, but so we know we're going to go three and zero to that game because we're man the coaches poll right now. We're twenty eighth, FYI. We're not in the top twenty five. We're twenty. We got votes. We got votes. We got votes. So we're twenty eighth uh-huh. overall. So good. Go figure. You're going to go into that fourth game of the season ranked. You're yep. going to go ranked. So now that Notre Dame game is so important, it's unbelievable. Because you got to know who you're starting. It's going to be a hostile environment. How well is your defense going right. to play? These are all things that need now, to be solved. Remember when I said I'm only going to mention the first four games? I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back on that because I'm going to mention more games. Now listen okay. to this. Let's okay. play the imaginary game. You win the first three. You got confidence. You know who your guy is. Maybe Maxwell has finally figured it out. Maybe Connor Cook is the guy we've been waiting for. You go into Notre Dame. You do something that... You come out with the victory. Now the entire nation is looking at us. Michigan State's back, baby, because now we're four and zero. The following week, well, there's a bye week. Then we go to at Iowa. We got payback to give to them. I don't know how Iowa's looking this year, but they they frankly they're looked looking a little. Pretty, they're looking. Pretty, they're pretty much returning a lot of guys. They lose some guys, but it's the same story. If you anyway. look at the prognostication from some of these experts here on CBS Sports, they have Iowa. Uh, their majority of them have them Iowa finishing fifth or sixth in the Legends division, so that could be a five and zero. Now, now I know I'm going hard. With but, all due respect, yeah. Iowa was supposed to be better. Was supposed to, we were supposed to, rather we right. were supposed last, to be better than Iowa last year. And look what happened: double overtime. We're in the cellar. So, but listen, listen to where okay, I'm going yeah, with yeah. this. So, so if some miracle, because I think we're going to be safely three and zero. But if we can go four and zero, boy, at Iowa's winnable. Versus Indiana for homecoming on the 12th of October, that could be 5-0. Versus Purdue at home on the 19th, that could be 6-0. At Illinois on, on uh, October 26th, I'm from Champaign, Illinois, that's 7-0. And then now we, this have, is the big end. we have the 11-2-13, that's November 2nd, home against Michigan. So really, if it's a matter of getting through a stage, just like any, any journey or quest. Mm-hmm. Build up to that Notre Dame game, and really, if we can bring it, boy... It's a possibility we could be 7-0 and going into that Michigan game. Absolutely. And I remember a couple years ago when MSU was flying real high, and Mark D'Antonio said something that's so true about the MSU fo- – or just college football. He said the college football season is really divided into three quarters. You got the September – because, you know, one game in August. But you got the September slate. You got that October slate, yeah. and you got the November slate. So if you can get weather the storm, go into November with the record that hopefully that we can obtain, <laughs> then now we're in business, and now we get to the meat of the schedule. Because we have to take advantage of this. We have no Ohio State this year, okay? We have no Wisconsin this year. These are all teams. I understand Wisconsin. Those are great whoa, points. But those are – and no Penn State, and Penn State's good. So, like – and a lot of people think Penn State, but trust me, Penn State's coming back. But that's beside the point. You got to realize that we have a pretty weak Big Ten schedule. It's only going to get stronger. It's a little tough there at the end because it goes home against Michigan, at Nebraska, at Northwestern. And, and so those three games are all going to be tough. I would argue that the only two good teams we play, and I think, yes, okay, some efforts have, yeah, yeah, Northwestern. But Northwestern I just don't see. I really don't. And, of course, Dan is a Northwestern undergrad alum, but <laughs> Thank you, sir. I had to throw that in there. But I see two teams that are really good and formidable that can compete, that can really compete with MSU, and that's Nebraska, and that's those fighting Wolverines of Michigan. It's and, and, and I'm looking at a, at a prediction there, ABC, one, two, three, and Northwestern's in there a couple times, but I see Michigan, Nebraska, either first or second, and then third or fourth is either Michigan State or Northwestern. But you know what's the greatest thing about the football season? It's all surprises. It's you, all surprises. You, you, you just don't know. It's like Jeopardy, it's potpourri. You just simply... Too many factors. You don't know. There's too many things. Injury. Injuries, weather, <laughs> fans. The fans are, you know, that 12th man. These are all things that factor into college football. That's why people love college football i ask people all the time dan all the time yeah what do you like better college football nfl honestly cfl they go fino it's a no-brainer college. nothing beats college football and i can't even argue that can and, you and no it, it's it's a visceral feeling that your body can sense that the days are the air is getting crisper the days are you get, absolutely it's time for that cookout burger and of then, course you know, the tailgates i'm oh like no disrespect to the nfl you know i'm a huge nfl fan yeah. i know dan's a big nfl fan but no disrespect to the NFL, but hey, maybe we're a little biased here on campus, but college football is something for the storybooks. It hey, really is. Hey, you give me a marching band, buddy. You give me that blip, 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 blip. I'm, I'm, the I'm Ravens there. got the memo. They, do, they have the band.
man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now here's what I want to get into. I want now we talked about the overall team. We talked about the schedule. So here for another about five ten minutes here. Let me talk about the players other than the quarterback. So the first thing I'd like to mention is there were there were some key uh, key departures. Let's call them. I won't call them losses. Some departures for uh, players. I like that. We have three players that were drafted in the NFL. So we'll just mention them just for posterity's sake. There's of course Le'Veon Bell. He was drafted in the second round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was Deion Sims, but he was the big tight end. You you cannot forget that guy. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Miami Dolphins, and then William Golston was also taken in the fourth round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So those are huge losses. Uh, the others that I'll just mention there's. Chris McDonald, and, and these players are working out with um, with the NFL teams right now that they were not drafted. Uh, Chris McDonald's working out with the Patriots, Mitchell White with the Raiders, Larry Caper with the Raiders, and Anthony Rashad White with the Steelers. So it just shows you there there were some important people gone, but there's a lot of of, of not new faces, but faces that are ready to show that it's their time. Exactly, and I think I think that, I think you mentioned it very well, Dan. Is okay these. These guys are not losses. They're departures. But the beauty of college football is how you establish depth. Everything is depth. So especially in college, when you got guys that come out, leave early, you just don't know. They're not signing a contract. So that being said, these guys leave. Le'Veon Bell is irreplaceable. The guy, you can't replace that guy. But here's my thing. Riley Bulla is a great player converted linebacker, the whole story. I heard he played quarterback at some point in, in high yeah, school. he played which... at St. Francis. He was a quarterback a little bit. They used to do the little options. Okay. But here's my thing, though. With all due respect to Riley Burrow, he's no Le'Veon Bell. Riley is no Le'Veon, and he knows that. And I think that's a key MO. But I like the difference when you bring a Toby Gerhardt-esque, a bruiser, something that can really push the pigs get across call. the line. Now, this and, and, and for people listening at home, let's just educate everybody. Uh, so Max Bulla is the senior linebacker who's going to be filling in for William Golston. So Max Bulla is really one of the team captains and one of the stars of the team. You're going to hear the name Bulla on the defense for lots of tackles. He's an Erlacher type. I mean, he's going to stuff he's a, that he's middle. He's just a powerhouse. Really. So if you've seen him play, his brother looks just as big. It's it's like a Mack truck. If people know to- Toby Gerhardt from Stanford University, plays with the Vikings now. That's the guy that you want to get that one and two yards. Now, if Riley Bulla, and boy, help me saying that name, if (laughs) if he has the speed to play quarterback and things like that, this might be a dimension we don't know yet. So, I I mean, there's a lot of unproven factors, but we all know Mark D'Antonio's got this cookie jar worth of tricks that he'll just whip out. And I swear, when he whips out these cookies, ever wants a bite. And it's it's, it's a funny point. And and the thing is, I mean, it seems unheard of that uh, true freshmen's the top of the depth chart for running back to How fill in for that. So he this he must be impressing people who know because you don't put he's at the top of every depth chart I've seen and the, the, what I heard today is they know he's going to be and the so Riley's ahead of I'm sorry yeah, Nick Hill who we thought you know we thought Nick Hill would be right up there as the running back and That's, he might have a big season too I don't I think he will too I think Nick Hill will too but the fact that you're putting Riley true fresh over Nicky Hill, who has been there, who is quick. He's a scat back, but he's not a bruiser. Mm-hmm. That makes me really believe one thing about Mark Antonio. He loves the bruisers. He loves the bruisers. It's and the big he, abs- yeah. he just loves the guys that can really hammer the football down. Just like we love people that call in, Dan. We love people that call in. It's 517-432-3893. You know, and I think that's the number, of course. But I think that's a key thing, Dan, is, you know, we look at it completely. Well, well, then the the, the running back depth chart okay. just to wrap it up. So, so Riley Burra, Bulla, which I'm going to say mm-hmm. Burrow too. I, I want to keep saying with the, his first name starts with an R. Nick <laughs> Nick Hill, Jeremy Langford, and Nick Tompkins. So you, you might see some action, Spartan fans. There's from a lot of play. Yeah. So and 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 I think what you mentioned Hill being a scat back. I mean, that's He's what guy. you want. You don't want to, you know, little it's a good power, dimension, little power, little quickness, little it's power, like, little quickness. It's, it's almost like a co- it's like a correlation with the Lions, Michael Lashore, and then you bring now a Reggie Bush. It's scat. If Schwartz is doing it, it must be working here in East Lansing. Well, because that's what needs to be done. Hopefully, with good running back play, receivers catching the actual football. If they can catch that football, Benny Fowler, I'm calling you out. Keith Mumphrey, Tony Lippett. Let's talk the, about them. That's, these that's, guys, Burbridge. Right. These guys got to catch the football. And yes. you know, I'm giving Monty Madera's a break because he's coming in. But these guys need to catch the football. They need to help out their quarterback. Well, and it's it's a it's both sides. Of, it's it's it's. 
the the passes have to have a little touch on them. Yes, we want a 99 mile per hour fastball, but sometimes you got to loft right? it in there. You got to show a little touch. So hopefully they've been working on it. And, and they told me that today that they were really practicing over the summer for just to catching work, the football. Well, working on the routes, getting the separation, just so that they, there's a target there where it doesn't have to be gunned in at 100 miles per hour. And so so yes, like you, the, the top three wide like receivers are exactly the the top three receivers. We've got Benny Fowler, Keith Mumphrey, Tony Lippett. But but there's other people at Burbridge. So so they're those, those are kind of exciting names like those sound like good football players and and they they showed me that they can but like you said we you gotta catch the ball so here's the thing you gotta catch the ball and i was telling this to alex off air a little while ago he got so listen i don't know a guy that was more frustrated with the giraffes than alex was burbridge was his boy he was talking about burbridge forever we saw burbridge in play he made key plays for us yeah but he frustrated him, frustrated us, and the rest of Spartan Nation about not catching the football. Yeah. When your talent's up to here, bro, what you are know, you it's, doing? It, it kind of, and I mean, and I feel bad for the guy because it's it's not it's just something in your heart that makes you feel bad. It's like a nightmare, you know. You're like, my hands are here, cue? the ball's there, and it just so so. What I'm saying for this year, you gotta just get that get that confidence they settle up. in, and and hopefully against Western Michigan, let's air it out and get a 50 yard pass That's touchdown the key out thing. of the way right away. Touchdown. 50 Some yards. of these receivers, yeah. it's like if they fall over a boat, they can't even hit water if they tried. But now when you analyze it, okay, we have a senior offensive line led by Blake Treadwell. And we have this great offensive line. Yeah. Block this, you know, block for your boy, block for your quarterback, block for your leader. Yeah. And sling it out there and let your receivers make some plays. Because the secret's out. We so don't have Le'Veon Bell anymore. We got about two 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 minutes left here before we hit it up for a, a quick break. Yeah, and so let's just mention a couple things. You, first off, I, that was a very astute. Uh, a Blake Treadwell, he's a big boy. A big to him. boy. He's Six he's three. our senior, and he told me he 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 looks at the rest of the team like an older brother, and he's going to tell them, I've been where you've been, so if you have any questions, you ask me. And he told me, I said, what's the one thing you want to do this season? He said, I want to enjoy myself and say that I, I left it all out there. So he's looking to have a good season. He's, he, he just seems confident. And then we mentioned uh, the departure of Dan Conroy. The new place kicker is named Kevin Cronin. He's a freshman. He's listed at 6'1", 200 pounds. He's from Tra- Traverse City. I'm not a Michigan guy. Is that correct? Yeah, Traverse City. Traverse which, City. Which, which the Bulla, fam- the Bulla family. Yeah, Bulla family. Yep. So we have a new place kicker, which is that's a crapshoot there. So like, hopefully he's... It almost, Dan, it almost brings us back on special teams where we were in 2010. Freshman kicker coming in. Mm-hmm. You just don't, or a young kicker, I believe it was. Young kicker coming in, you just don't know. When they play is on the line, are you trusting special teams? Are you trusting Kevin Cronin to make a big kick? These are just things to put in the back of your mind. And, you and said special fo- teams is where the, the mystery people show up. Because it's if you come in for one, let's say you're a backup punt returner, and you, you run one back, now you're the man. So it, it, it leaves a lot to I tell everyone, special teams is everything. Let's you know, blast from the past, the Hill Mary game. Mm-hmm. When we analyzed that game two years ago, mm-hmm. special teams was everything. The blocked punt, the momentum, the safety. I mean, it's I can't even specify. Special teams. I think can Frank Beamer and Virginia Tech, when you even say, I mean, they, they've won multiple, multiple games on special teams. And no one, I'm like, how do you even, sometimes they get places where no one even thinks, like, everyone's like, oh my God, Blacksburg, Virginia, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. But they got special teams, they execute, and Frank Beamer's teams always play. So let me, let me wrap up because we, we're going to get to a commercial yeah, yeah. break real quick. So the three the three most important defensive players in my mind, this is my opinion, uh, returning, we have Max Bulla. So I mentioned him. He's a, he's a truck in the middle that's come, coming mm-hmm. right at you. We have Danikos Allen, the linebacker. He, he's going to be filling in for William Golston, who played on the line. But, you know, Golston was a rover. And then we have Darquez Denard playing quarter, or cornerback. So those are the three names that I expect to be hearing a lot from this that's year. That's huge. And I'm going to agree with you 100%. But before we get to break, I want to ask you one question. Yep. And that is, out of those three guys you mentioned, folks at home, Bulla, Allen, and Denard, who is the guy that we cannot, cannot afford to lose? Who is the one guy that, out of those three, those are three leaders, who is the one guy that is imperative to our success? I would argue, and I would say, Darquez Denard. Interesting. And I know, are you going to say Bola? I'm saying Bola. I'm saying Denard, mm-hmm. you need a good secondary to win. You need an absolute good secondary to win these games. And that's key. You really got to just hone down in a good, good, good secondary. And, and there's a lot of guys, like I said, I talked to Taiwan Jones. There's just, there's a, there's people ready to make plays and to prove their worth. And, and, and from a year-to-year basis in college football, it takes a guy getting hot in the early games, maybe a couple interceptions, maybe a pick six, maybe a game where he has three sacks. He gets a little notoriety you know, on the website. They say player, defensive player of the week. Then the confidence starts building, and then that's what we want to see. And so there's going to be names that I didn't mention that we, that we might be hearing lots from this year. So 
It's a lot. So that's a key thing. It's the main thing is this, and I say it always, is that the motto of this season needs to be redemption and one focus, and that is an absolute Rose Bowl. Okay, I'm wondering if we... I'm, I'm going to ask my friends in the, producer, the production booth, do, do, we wanna, do we want to throw it to a commercial? Let's we can do throw it. it to commercial. Let's throw it. We'll throw it to commercial quick. We'll be right back here on Impact Radio Sports. Spartan Sports Wrap. You're listening to... Impact Exposure. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. We are back here. Thanks for here. This is the second part of our show. We're in the second half hour of our show. Of course, Fino alongside the one and only Dan Cryer. How you doing? Of course, Wildcat alum. We've got to mention that. The number, of course, is 517-432-3893. Our best friends behind the glass, Alex and Max of Spartan Sports Rap here. Always glad to be with them, as I'm more so glad to be with Dan. Sorry, boys. But here's the thing that I didn't get to talk about in the first hour or the first half hour, rather, okay. is our predictions of each conference. Because obviously college football is so unpredictable. Alex is talking, listen, I was talking to Alex, of course, off air. Max as well. I don't think Max heard this, but really Alex. And he goes, what about this Johnny Manziel thing? What about Johnny Manziel? Sure. And you know what? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing all this Johnny Manziel stuff. Let this boy play. And that's why I'm going to springboard and say, guess what? SEC champions, Texas A&M. We're gonna get, I said you want to start with that now? That's right. Let's do this. Texas A&M. I'm saying it. Kevin Sumlin. Aggies. 12th man. Roll Tide. I don't think so. Nick Saban. It ain't working, baby. Well, that, that's definitely an, inter- an interesting way to look at things uh, based on the fact that Alabama's number one. And, and um, I mean, it's really like... Who like, won last year? Who won last year? Uh, Alabama won. Where? Where was but, the game? But, but Gianni Manziel did it. And so we, the, I guess the question marks that we're looking at, and, and I'm looking on, on our CBS Sports... Just being annoying. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like it. I mean, out of, out of the... Out of so the, give it to me. CBS Sports, we what got, are they saying? Seven out of the eight have, have Alabama finishing, but one has Texas A&M. And I, and, and I do want to just mention then, since, since you mentioned Manziel, Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question mark because because ESPN outside the lines was doing their job. TJ Quinn and Co. They were they were doing their investigative journalism and they uncovered what I what I've learned from the story is they uncovered that uh, that shortly out in January at some point uh, uh, Johnny Manziel, who's the Heisman Trophy winner quarterback, the, he's an amazing. He was a redshirt freshman last year. He he, he astonishing astonishing player. He uh, what happened was he he became. Friends, let's just say that's what he's going to say. With a man who sells memorabilia, and somehow some footballs got signed, some pictures got signed, some different things that nothing that Johnny Manziel owned, but Johnny Manziel used his name and his hand to write a squiggly line called his signature on this, which upped the value of that. And in the NCAA, that is a that is a no no because those were sold for profit, and the rule that the NCAA states is you're not allowed to profit. You're getting a scholarship, and you're not allowed to profit. And so I know Anthony's going to say something here, and then I will retort. So, Anthony, tell me why you do not like that. Well, here's what I'm really ranting on, and this is what I, this is what I do on, you know, off the air. I always have a Fino's rant, and here's what I'm absolutely ranting on. And Jay Bills, I know. Jay Bills, of course, ESPN college, uh, college basketball analyst, you know, played for Duke. Um, he had a very similar opinion to what I'm about to establish, and that is completely is why are these athletes not paid? Why are these athletes not paid? Why are they not compensated? Because the NCAA, you know, the NCAA, all of them, are profiting on these athletes to no avail, completely, and they're not getting any compensation. And I know that you told me before, Dan, that you said, okay, there's a springboard. You springboard on right, the you, platform. You, you tell your side first. I'll tell my side, but I'm just coming out and firing and say, guess what? 
Without these athletes, the NCAA is not making the money that they're making. And it's in life, college, whatever. Sure. They're dedicating their, their – you know, how many times do we hear a story that someone gets hurt from playing college football? They get hurt. They don't right. play. Because they're playing this game. Yeah. And they're not getting compensated for it. And they can't play. And they go finish their degree, but they keep their scholarship. Fine. But if you're gonna if you're gonna play mm-hmm. college football or any NCAA sport, you should be compensated. Well, we got a caller on the line here though. Do we? We have a caller. Let's do this. Let's, let's, so Dan, you wanna bring that caller on? Let, let's hope I'm not hitting the off button. Hopefully you're agreeing with the NCAA. All right, so welcome to the sports wrap. This is Dan and you're with you're Dan with Fino. Fino. Who's what's calling, up? please? Hey, what's up guys? Uh, my name is John Miller. I've uh known Fino my entire life and uh supported me on all my endeavors while I've been carving my path at Penn State. And uh, I think you guys have an awesome thing going on in Sparty Nation. So first, I just want to congratulate you guys on that. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, um, I mean... What's on your mind? Um, well, I've been listening and uh, to this podcast, and uh, I hear you talking about Manziel, but I wanted to move it over to A-Rod, if you guys didn't mind. Okay. Do we want to throw into A-Rod really quick? We have a caller. We'll we, we can throw into A-Rod. So this let's, clown's a Yankee fan. Okay, so before <laughs> Yankee fan speaks, let's just catch everybody else listening up to the fact that A-Rod, it was announced today, uh, un- amazingly, that it was he was not banned for life, but he was given a 214-game suspension. And the other players who did take the deal and admitted it, they, they received 50 games. So it was never going to be 50 games for Alex Rodriguez. Never was. He took massive suspensions. But so it's he's, a mess. He's fighting it tooth and nail, and he's going to get the – And so allow me to say this last thing before I, I throw it back to our caller. He's allowed to continue with his appeal to play tonight, and he is ironically hitting cleanup. So the dirtiest player in the league is back in the lineup hitting cleanup tonight. Honestly, the Yankees can use anyone. And the Yankees. So, so what do you want to say about? So, Jay, talk uh, yeah. to us. What's on your mind? What's on your mind about Aroy? Talk to us about Aroy. All right. Well, there's, there's a few things. Um, I was just wondering what you guys thought he had left because he's he's 38 right now. He just turned 38 um, a few days ago, and he's going to be approaching 40 when he comes back if he decides to come back. So, I is it obviously he's not worth the money, but what do you think he could? Uh, what do you think you put on the field for the Yankees? I definitely think I'll say this about Rodriguez, Jay. And you know I always talk about A-Rod, or A-Royd in this case, about how good he is. And I'll still say it. Was Manny Ramirez a good hitter, even though what he did what he did? Yes. Was Barry Bonds one of the greatest hitters? Yes. And I'll still say the same to A-Royd. Rodriguez is a definite improvement to the Yankees lineup. And I think he has a lot in the tank. And, John, you know it. We discuss it at home. And we say it all the time. Is guess what? When he comes back after that suspension he'll be 40 but he's still under contract for the yankees and he's gonna fight for every dollar he can and you know i think he's been cleanup and cano rivera all these guys in the clubhouse respect a rod and they need a rod to make that postseason because they're in fourth place and they need rodriguez and my two cents on this one is this is called the law of diminishing returns and unfortunately for teams like the los angeles angels they jumped on the Pujols train at at, at this stage of his life where he was mm-hmm. about 35 36 and signed him to a 10-year contract he's not the same Pujols. alex rodriguez inevitably is not going to be able to turn on fastballs as he's getting into the right. 40s really i mean you have a raul abanez having an amazing season maybe some would question how but the point is it's really tough to perform in your late 30s and mm-hmm. early 40s. So Baseball's difficult. It, it's it's, it's going to be tough game. to see him coming back to any level, especially when we know he's been soiled. I mean, are they going to keep monitoring him to make sure he's not? Because an A-Rod without steroids, I don't know who that player is. So I'm not sure what we're going to get. So. But here, here's my thing, before we get it back to our caller, John, is people forget, because Yankee fans are sort of delusional. Actually, not sort of, definitely. But here's the thing. The thing is this. 2009 playoffs. Yankees win the World Series. Rodriguez's postseason is unreal. Yes, that's true. It's an unreal postseason. What what do we got, Call it. What do you got, John? So, John, give us a... No, I I agree. I agree it's unreal. And and another thing that needs to be considered is he's never actually tested positive for steroids. So, I mean, most people haven't written off as guilty. And I may may as well. But... um, I think that's an interesting point that needs to be He considered. did admit to taking steroids for three years, so he didn't. Right, right, there right. was no testing at the time. And, and really, you don't get an accidental 200-game suspension out of nowhere. So they, but I'll say, this, I'll say this before we let John go. John, thanks for the call, bro. But here's our right. thing is, you know, the thing with Rodriguez is this, 
is the reason why folks back at home is he suspended is yes he was never tested positive yeah. but there's a couple reasons why he's not suspended yes he was suspended he admitted to it but never received 50 game suspension yeah. he got the 50 games for what he did in biogenesis but he also got more games for violating the conduct of the league and that's you know interrupting a, an investigation that's not at cooperating with an investigation, so completely prohibit an investigation to go on. It's like an Aaron Hernandez thing. I know it's a very awkward analogy, mm -hmm. but it's not how he hindered an investigation. It's an obstruction. It's obstruction of the investigation. And that's why Rodriguez is getting this hefty, hefty suspension. Yeah. And guess what? He'll help the Yankees. He's still on their contract, and he'll come back. And you better believe it. He'll fight for every dollar. But what happens if he goes 0 for 5 for the next three games? He's going to hear it. So it's, He's going to hear mean, it. Help the Yankees. I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a strange, peculiar situation, and it's, it's kind of sad. The whole it thing is, makes me feel it sad. It is sad. It is sad. I mean, and, and it's strange to me that they didn't want to – if you're detrimental conduct to the league, I can't believe they just didn't try to say – man, maybe the deals were behind. I, I, think, I think deep down is the major leagues really – you know, the majors, the commissioner's office, Bud Seeley's office really tried to suspend him for a lifetime ban. But they had no justification to do so. And yeah. I say that okay. because he was never suspended. Sure. He would fight that to tooth and nail. And guess what? They know it was just a tactic. Dan, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Investigative reporting, tactics, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It was a tactic used by Major League Baseball. Rodriguez didn't call the bluff. Long story short, he gets the major suspension. That's it. He'll right. still help the Yankees win games, period. Well, I still believe it's it. A, th these things snowball. I mean, you, you first you have Ryan Braun in that whole thing. What where, a shame and, with that. And, so, and, and, and he admitted, he said, no, I didn't. And then he got put, reinstated. Which was the worst part about and that. Then, and, then, and then he re-got caught through biogenesis, and then that brought in the other. And, and when, when Major League Baseball is getting a black eye publicly, heads are going to roll. And that's what they care about. So really, that's the problem here more so, in the my opinion. The disappointing thing, Dan, is what other – and I'll invite anyone to call. But what other major, major league sport in our country has gotten the cheaters, the criticism, and just all the scandals beside Major League Baseball? What, what have we had such a surplus of people – with testosterone, Bowley in 2001-2003 Rodriguez, and all these banned substances. Why? Well, Major League Baseball is the only sport that I can think of where you can do something via strength to prohibit the other team from stopping you. Exactly. Okay? You can. Uh, so an unsteroided player pops it up to the warning track. The steroided player pops it up and then hits 62 home runs, then 70 exactly. home runs, and 73 home runs. You see? So that's why it really makes a difference. And baseball is, is founded on the statistical history. So when you're breaking records via cheating, then then you're into it. But it's really this, this home run power that is given to you yeah. by drugs. In football, you can run faster, but the guy taking the drug is going to catch you. Exactly. In, 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 there's no steroided outfielder that can jump, you know, oh, God, that guy jumped 50 that feet guy, yeah. because he's on steroids. That's we Human beings can't do that. So but here's my it's, thing. It's an interesting thing. It's super interesting. But here's why people go, they always ask me, go, Fino, how come there's so much cheating in baseball? Fino, yeah. And I'll tell you this. I'm like, listen, I'll tell you why there's a lot of cheating in baseball. The one thing that really matters to these ball players, and it's sad, but it's true, it's money. There's yeah. no cap in baseball. If they perform and put these things in their body to level themselves into an unreal position, you're making a lot of money. Look at Rodriguez. I He's losing $100 million. I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to be so cynical for any young person listening. Number number one, please don't do steroids. And and literally, no. it's, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. But literally, I'm pretty sure many, many, many athletic leagues and even – Olympic sports. Yeah. I mean, there's so much human growth hormone because that that's the average. If you are great to begin with, if you don't, they're telling themselves, if I don't do this extra, you know, what can I do to get myself to the next step? To the next step. And next step. Because I, I can't, because I'm this is my only life, and if I blow Take this, everybody's gonna hate me. And so there's so much pressure to to be for. So now, are we satisfied with your PED for right well, now? Because yeah, I want to get to something Rodriguez. about Johnny Manziel. Yeah, thanks. I am I am just, chomping to tell you what I think about oh, Johnny like, yeah, Manziel. Course. So of course, just okay. for the caller, yeah. so we can get back and focus. I say the NCAA should pay these athletes. I think they should pay these athletes. I think Manziel is a kid. He's 19. He wins the Heisman, but he's struggling to accept what he is. He's a leader. He's an icon. He's under this magnifying glass that's the size of the United States. Right. So my question to you is, Dan, yeah. is is Manziel, what Manziel is doing, are you okay with it? Are you not okay with it? And are you okay with the NCAA 
allowing these athletes or not allowing these athletes to do what Manziel and other guys okay. have done in the so, past? So great, great question stream there. So yeah, it's a I, am, I am not satisfied with Manziel or anyone who's, who's helped him because the thing that is reality is that NCAA rules exist. It's not like they've just come up with these rules. Ask Terrell Pryor what it's like. With now, the tattoo scandal, completely. Right, because what happened in that, he took uh, university-issued equipment in the form of jerseys and traded them for goods and services. And so that was using actual durable goods. Now, Johnny Manziel is doing something different, and that's where my argument's going to start. Johnny Manziel is using his fame to sign a picture or a football, thereby making that football more valuable because of Johnny Manziel's skill and acumen at a quarterback position, okay? But here's what the NCAA is providing, and this is, and you make valid points about payment, and I, and I can tell you, yes, they get a full-ride scholarship, they're well-fed, they're well-clothed, but here's what the NCAA is offering these players that they cannot get at home in a backyard. Because if Johnny Manziel was at home in a backyard or in some middle of a field running zigzags around people, you'd go, hey, there's crazy Johnny football, he runs in yeah. the field. But the NCAA has billion-dollar contracts, and they give these players a forum by which the whole country and world can watch them and where all these YouTube clips can be made. So what it is is that his brand became – because Twitter is a company that's very popular, but Twitter, unlike Facebook, which Facebook's now public, Twitter's not public yet. Johnny Manziel needed to know that he is a stock and his stock took a good take. It, it it ballooned from who is this guy? I heard he's good because he was a three star recruit. To oh my god, can you believe what this guy did? Everybody saw it because NCAA provides a venue with hundred thousand people screaming and hundreds and hundreds of maybe millions of people this watching. This is SEC football. This is practically NFL. Johnny Manziel did not understand. He, this is called being impetuous and just being really, really. I want the money now. He's, he is ruining the future money that wow. he would have been getting by cashing in too soon. He's tw- If Twitter went public too soon, then someone else takes over. But th- it's the allure of, wait a second. And Johnny Manziel and the people who handled Johnny Manziel should have told him, you need to stay clean, dude, because you're going to ruin your – not only going to ruin your reputation, you're really going to ruin Texas A&M's res- reputation because you might now get a four-game suspension. Uh, a, a buddy of mine earlier today, uh, his name is Ryan Smith. He's a great friend of mine. He was telling me about A.J. Green. It's it, you know He now plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. When A.J. Green was at uh, University My of Georgia, team. when he was at the University of Georgia, he was suspended four games for something kind of similar. And, and Terrell Pryor was basically, you know, and that put and look Ohio where A.J. State Green in. is right now. So he took that four-game suspension and he used it as a trampoline to his career. Hey, I learned from this. So I would argue this. Callers, let me know what you think. Yeah. Of course, 517-432-3893. What do you think? If Manziel gets suspended... Does he, hypothetically, we don't know. If he gets suspended, like AJ Green, does he use this as a springboard well, to he get needs his career to use, in shape? He needs to use the entire episode as a springboard because I really don't think it got real until today. It didn't because it really now didn't. it's sacred. Because you're saying something about ta- Texas and winning the SEC. I think I mean, so. It, without four, I mean, I don't know. Without maybe the, maybe they have some cr- cream, cream puffs in the first three. Maybe they have a tough fourth game because sometimes the SEC schedules tougher games early. But I'm just saying, without Manziel, you can forget about it. So, and and that's what he did. He for 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 really what amounts to nothing to peanuts. He probably got ten thousand. I don't know. That's conjecture. But he probably got nothing, and it really damages a future. So it's like taking a stock and just going ugh. And and he should have known better. And he should just wait and just go play football. It's and frustrating. It's, it, it's easy for me to say because nobody's course, floating ten mic, grand at me. But you got to say. I am worth it, you know, and, and yes, more money, more problems is a famous rap song by the notorious B.I.G. and Puff Daddy and, and the whole crew. Mm-hmm. Call but, crew. But look at, look at more, more notoriety, more celebrity status. It's, it's, it's not a boon. It's actually a burden. And look at Johnny Manziel. He's, he, every move is scrutinized. It's scrutinized. It's, it's, it's magnetized beyond a it billion. Is. And, and, but you cannot take the payoff too early. You got to wait to become professional. You'll and, make your millions. And, and NCAA is an amateur Sport, yes, NCAA makes money. Yes, Lots. he's in the video games. Yes, they do. But because they provide the forum by which you can be seen, they enable you to go make your own millions later. And that's the biz that we're in. So that's my take. That's my argument. No, that's a fair take. But, you know, I'll say this. And, you know, I'll kind of come back with that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an absolute fair take. You know, many mm-hmm. people have come up to me like, you know what, Fino? I have this take, too. It's very similar to Dan's. And I go, well, it's true. They provide them a forum. They give them a platform to succeed. But here's my thing now is 
with Manziel, in fairness to Johnny Manziel, Mr. Football, is, okay, he's 19. He won the Heisman as a freshman. First person to ever do so. The most prestigious trophy in college be- of yeah. college football basketball. Right, 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 right. Story. But, okay, the most prestigious trophy he wins as a freshman. He's 19. Where were we, weren't we, 19? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you take that back and look what Manziel was getting. And, uh, just, yeah. just to put people and, and in perspective. And think about this, and, and I mentioned this, I mentioned this earlier today to a buddy of mine. Now, the, the, the weird part is he, what you need at that age is you need an older brother or someone Structure. in the family that's, that's going to tell you, listen, don't go for the easy money now. Don't do something unscrupulous now because you're going to get caught. It's going to hurt your status, right? And, and yes, yes, he's the, the drinking thing and the partying thing that he got, what – you know what? That you don't hear me complaining about that. But taking money—that's where. And the irony is, you're not allowed to talk to the business experts as a college player. If you talk to somebody like, "Oh, this guy's an agent, and he's going to tell me what not to do," that's bad. That's bad that's, too. Yeah. So you really, can't, you're you're you you're, you're kind of messed either direction he's on that and one. Here's the you thing. Know? Like, he wants to be 19. He wants to go to these parties, these frat parties. I, you know, he it. wants to have a good time and drink. But the problem is. Unfortunately, I think Johnny is struggling with the reality that, listen, he's 19. He doesn't live a normal life anymore. He won the Heisman. He is really, really good at what he does. And, yeah, I understand you want to be 19. You want to party. But, listen, he's got to cut that junk out. He's got more to lose. And the thing is, when you are in a position that he's in, and, 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 you know, we all have to say that at certain points in our career, that you say, listen, I have more to lose than I do to gain. gain. And so, yes, he gained money. But, boy, I'm telling you, he he, he hurt a lot. So, okay, we have about 10 minutes left in the show. So let's just go through a couple predictions. Let's start with the Big Ten. Okay. Because let's talk about that. Now, it, I'm looking at, the, obviously, my favorite two names, the leaders and the legends. Way to go, Big Ten. Or should I call it Big 14 soon? Well, change, East-West soon, so it's e- the That's last, what I'm saying. No more complaining about Audios, it. You know, leaders and leaders, legends. Leaders, legends, honoring leaders. The or, leaders, and according to the CBS, and we have we have names like Barnhart, Dodd, Feldman, Fowler, Palm, Jerry Palm, Fornelli, and Heinen and Patterson. Okay, These are all CBSSports.com writers. Six, so all those guys. So we, we got eight guys. All of them picked Ohio State across the board. Ohio, for the leaders. For the, for the leaders. So, so that's... That's that's their they're saying pretty much guaranteed you can see Ohio State and Urban Meyer at the Big Ten championship game. So they that's have safe they have Wisconsin coming in second. So that seems safe too. Wisconsin's always gonna kind of throw out a, a quality. They're always gonna compete. There. They're you know Gary Anderson's coming in. You know you know their coach Coach Brett. You know Bielema is leaving. So for Arkansas, Arkansas, isn't that crazy? Right, dude. Of course, Razorback. It's like, just crazy. It's just crazy. The coaching carousel is another thing. Mm-hmm. But okay, so top three teams in the leaders. Forget what the experts say. I'm telling you what I think. And it happens to be what they say yeah, as well. Yeah. It's Ohio State. Yeah. It's Wisconsin. And, sure. of course, it is Penn State. I could argue that Penn State could actually flip over Wisconsin because they have heart. And I love yeah. Bill O'Brien. After now, what he did last year, that was pretty impressive. Coach of the year, 8-14, out of a, the thicket. It was such a sad situation. So to, to really, It wasn't know, his fault. And the fans coalesced around the there, team. It wasn't his fault. It was not his fault. And the, it wasn't the player's fault. So for them to perform... That was very, very. They you know, played for him, and they motivated him. Yeah, you know the players felt so. I, I remember I saw an interview, and it was it's, it was uh, it was a real talk, with, uh, you know, real talk on HBO with Brian Gumble and Andrea Kramer was interviewing uh, Matt McGloin. They're like, you know, Matt, like, how was it playing for Bill O'Brien? At first, he was speechless, and I thought that said a thousand words yeah, because they love playing for Bill O'Brien, and that tells you the character of what Bill O'Brien is. This Big Ten coaches, their pedigrees are simply astonishing, and it's you know what, it's a blessing. And I consider you know Notre Dame, they want to be independent, but no, they're not. They're pretty much a Big yeah, Ten team. They like, are. Yep. They just want to. I be. agree. Like, well, and so, so yeah. So, and, and the rest of the teams. I mean, you, you mentioned Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. I mean, Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, and I'm, I mean, the, I'm an Illinois guy. New it's, coaches. Like, it's going to be bo- tough for those three teams. So, and and then in the legends division, so this, let's, is, let's this is where it gets interesting. So, because we got some people have Michigan first, but a lot of them have Nebraska first. Maybe Northwestern's going to get in there. Maybe Michigan State's going to. And then Iowa. You never know what Kerr Ferentz going to pull out. And pretty much Minnesota. I'm sorry, Minnesota. Yeah, they're but, they're they're coming back. But I'll say this. And I would love the listeners to maybe call in and interject if they feel free. It's 517-432-3893. But the main thing is, Dan, I'm going to go far and say it. Do I dare? I'm going to walk this plank and say that 
the Legends division is a four-team race. It's a yeah. four-team race. It's Michigan, it's Nebraska, it's Michigan State, and it's Northwestern. Yeah. These are the people that are fighting for this a top spot to play Ohio State. It makes it a lot more fun when it's not unknown. Like, of course, Ohio State's going to have it all. But, boy, this this is an exciting thing to see it's what divi- happens. You, it's know, great. you win the division. Mm-hmm. Winning the division in the Big Ten, and I would go far and say the second best conference in college football. Guess what? When you win a division in these conferences, it's a big it's a big deal. It's a big deal to win this division. And we were talking about morale and we were talking about energy boosting, mm-hmm. you know, momentum. Mm-hmm. That is imperative in these seasons. And you yeah. need momentum. Okay, let's talk momentum because I'm going to throw it to a new conference that used to be called the Big East, but the Big East is no more. It's now called the American Conference. So that's kind of cool. The American and, Athletic. And if you look, all all eight of the writers of CBS Sports picked Louisville because they looked very impressive. You talk about momentum in the Sugar Bowl defeating University of Florida last year. And, and their quarterback whose name is escaping me right now, he's coming back. So Louisville could be the dark horse team of the year because, I mean, if you look at Cincinnati, Bearcats, and Rutgers, I know you like Rutgers. Rutgers. I mean, and, and, and I see Connecticut Huskies in the conference, but really you're looking at a BCS team. They, they have a contract to be in a BCS Bowl. So if Louisville can run the table in that conference, you might be see Louisville pl- f- facing your Texas A&M Aggies or Alabama. Of course. Or, or, if, or, or if Ohio State can come out of the Big Ten unscathed. So it could be Louisville. And FYI, Louisville has a lot, it has nothing to lose because they're moving to the ACC next year. Mm-hmm. So they have absolutely nothing to lose in this American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go far and say, okay, folks at home, we're looking in front of us the American Athletic who could win this conference. And I'm going to go far. There's only, I would say, two teams that are really serious to win this conference. And that's Louisville, as Dan mentioned, and Rutgers. And I say Rutgers because Rutgers can play. They, It's like MSU. They, kill, they shoot themselves in the foot with their mistakes. But if Rutgers can execute, they can compete and they can surprise people. But, you know, the Cincinnati, the, the UCFs, and we're going to see South Florida. We're going to see, you know, Michigan State will see an right. American Athletic yes. team. They're going to see, you, and you know, USF South Florida. And we're going to see how these teams can play, how competitive this conference is. I'm personally, Dan, very excited for what this conference can do because it's a new conference. It's got a new name. But you know what? They add SMU. They add Houston. They're adding people, and, you know, of course, Temple. But they're adding... And, you know, Memphis, they're adding all these teams in there. It's just a cluster of teams that can really compete. And, I, you know, there's nothing better than in college football is guys laying on the line and just competing for that insignia on their jersey and on their helmet. That is something very humbling to watch. And that's hopefully we can see MSU can do is fight for the Sparty. Now I'm going to throw a team at you because they made it to the BCS championship game last year. Let's talk Notre Dame really quick. I want to spin through their 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 season uh, okay. schedule. Got I'm, I got it so they begin the season on Saturday the 31st at a home game against Temple. And I just looked, Temple's picked to finish last in their conference. Yeah, so, they're, they're pretty... But now, the game, you're going to circle on the schedule at Michigan. So in, in the big house in Ann Arbor on September 7th, Notre Dame at Michigan. So that's going to be... Can you imagine if Notre Dame goes into Michigan and handles business? Now watch out, because Michigan State's going to be uh-oh. But if, so that, this is good for Michigan State, that that uh, they, that uh, Michigan gets a crack at Notre Dame two weeks early. So that's good. And then, like you said... the, the Here's no, my yeah, thing, Dan. Yeah. Is now a little quick prediction. Do you think MSU takes back the megaphone? Do you think MSU beats Notre Dame in Notre Dame? Tough environment, quarterback situation up in the air. But so is theirs. At this point, I'm not Tommy sure Reese? enough. Of the, I mean, I want to see what does Michigan State football team look like in their first three games. That's true. You know, we're, we're, it's, it's, we're, we're ill-stepping ourselves. Like, okay, let's see how good we look and then going to that game with that momentum we right, were talking because about. Because you just never know. You just never it's know. a brand new car. It might as well be this year. It's and, 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 and I bet they're happy to have that new car Michigan State University is. And and so, yeah, so, so Notre Dame goes to Purdue and then host Michigan State. Then they host Oklahoma in Notre Dame. And remember last year they went into... To, that's right. Norman and what? That's right. Here's an interesting game on October 5th. It's in Jerry Jones's newly newly named AT&T Stadium, Old Cowboy Stadium. Yep. So they're doing the Shamrock Series. Look at that. Isn't that funny? The Notre Dame Shamrock Series in Dallas against Arizona State. So that's on that's on uh, October 5th. That's that's a crazy one. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch, but uh, I mean, their schedule, I mean, if we're going to analyze Notre Dame, Temple they can win. You know, Michigan toss up, Purdue win, MSU toss up, you know, Oklahoma toss up. There's a, they have a lot of, you know, and they, don't forget, they play USC as well, and USC is, Lane Kippen is always going to come at you. Well, He's you always going to come at you. I mean, USC is another team that's restocked this year. I mean, restocked, sorry, boom. And, and, uh, Locked and load. It's a Wild West. There's shootouts. Just a good old Pac-12 shootout. Dan. It is the Pac-12. And what are the, 
I mean, I'm looking at the predictions because the Pac-12 has the North and the South. Because that's right. It, that's so right. it's so the North's predictions are here. It's either going to be Stanford or Oregon, is what they're saying. And and then in the other division, the South, it's people have four of them have UCLA, one has Arizona State. So that's going to make for interesting. One has Arizona and one has South. I like you. Uh, I, I like what UCLA is doing. Like Jim Mori Jr. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. like what he's doing. And people forget, of course, Oregon is going to be hampered by those by those sanctions that they have going on. So I'm going to go far and say, you know what? Pac-12 North, Stanford. Pac-12 South, UCLA. Guess what? Stanford rolls deep. Love what Stanford's doing. They are They'll win that Pac-12. really consistent. They're I mean, just a consistent they went to the Rose Bowl. And, I mean, Wisconsin came in with a huge momentum last year after defeating Nebraska. And Stanford just said, yeah, Stanford said, you know what? This is our time. We'll be winning this. This is our time. Without so cool. luck, no big deal. Boom. They'll win the game. So yep. it's as simple as that. First of all, of course, I got to bid our farewells, of course. Yeah, it's sad. Alex and Max behind the glass. Always a pleasure to be back with them. It's always great. They're always doing great work producing. Of course, Dan, it's always a pleasure co-hosting with you. I absolutely love it. There's not a place in the person I'd rather be with behind here well, behind Anthony, my mic with. You know, I mean, it was great the first time, even better the second time. So I, I appreciate uh, being with you today. I love talking sports. I'm, I Who doesn't like talking sports? Everybody listening at home, my name is Dan Cryer. Uh, feel free to, to, to listen to all of our podcasts on impact89fm.org and to listen to Impact 88. Point nine FM anytime here at Michigan State University. Here we are. And thanks for listening, guys. We're out again. We'll see you every 7 to 8 on Mondays. Spartan Sports Wrap here on 89 FM. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.